0: What's up, folks? It is Tuesday night, episode 54, and normally we would be all together in the studio once again recording an audio version of the show that we will put out on Wednesday morning. But tonight we have our special guest, Glenn Macnow from 94WIP, Sports Radio back in Philadelphia. For those, who, of course, who are in Philly, those who are here in Tampa, if you don't know, you can find them uh, on Audacity app. So 94, uh, 94 that one, of course, 94 WIP, as everyone else knows back home. So Glenn will be on with us here momentarily. Uh, along with everything that you guys get caught up for tonight, uh, some Eagles talk, some Sixers talk, as obviously Joel and Embiid may not be back from game five, at least what it seems like for the moment, which is not a good thing for sure. But we will hope that maybe we can get some better reaction from the Sixers and hopefully maybe Joel and Embiid can come back. If not, I'm quite sure Doc Rivers will find a way to, to win a game without Joel so we'll say there's a lot to talk about a lot to get across here uh just again episode 54 we're planning to have a lot of fun tonight we will have the entire cast on including Glenn Magnow. so I am Angel let's get the show started this is Brostris South. And with that being said, we cannot forget about the man of the hour, Mr. Vito Corleone. Yeah. Vito, how are you?
1: Happy Tuesday, Professor McNeil in the house, the crew's all together. 54, let's get it rolling. How's everybody doing tonight out there? Let's talk some Sixers, Phillies, Eagles,
0: whatever. How are you, Angel? I'm good. Listen, I know the weather wasn't the best back home, unfortunately, this past Memorial Day weekend, uh, and I wouldn't even talk about what happened down here in Tampa, but uh, hopefully everyone had a good Memorial Day weekend, a good Memorial Day, and let's not forget about the men and women who do what they do for our country and who paid the ultimate sacrifice, like Ryan Fstad here, uh, for many, many years. And we hope that everyone enjoyed their Memorial Day weekend, but also remember the men and women who do do their service for our great country. Uh, with Absolutely. that also being said, we will make sure we bring on our sports contributor here, Mike Sherman, who once again is back from his Tennessee trip. No, you know, he was here on Thursday. We welcome back. So here we have Mr. Drew. And Sherman, how are you this evening?
2: Doing fantastic. Awesome. Listen, every. Listen, everyone, my boy VV got rocked yesterday in Cincinnati. I've been talking him up for a while. I know he had four great starts, but he had a bad one yesterday. It's up to Aaron Nola, the so-called ace of the Phillies staff, to pick up the pieces. He's given up two runs so far in two innings. Uh, it's 2-2 out in Cincinnati. Let's hope that Aaron Nola can give us a gem of a performance tonight. And stop the bleeding. Absolutely, they're twenty-five and twenty-nine right now on pace to go seventy-five and eighty-seven. Remember, my preseason prediction had the Phillies at seventy-seven and eighty-five. But let's do it. Got a lot to cover tonight.
0: That's right. Well, that to be covered. We can also introduce here quickly our beat writer, Nick Lee. I'm a And here comes Nick up there, Ducky, sporting <laughs> sunglasses tonight. Hey, Ducky, how are you? Too, oh, smooth. Okay.
3: Too smooth. I'm doing great. I'm excited for the show tonight. We got two professors on. Excited to hear some uh, wisdom on this show tonight, and uh, hopefully talk about the Sixers and uh, maybe cover a little bit of the Eagles as well because they're in the news.
1: You taking notes from the professors? Absolutely, absolutely. To note taking.
0: That's the great thing about him. And the last one to be introduced here before Mr. McNow comes on is our national correspondent, Ryan Neff.
4: (music) As Ryan's dancing in the background, Ryan, how are you? Once again, Ryan Neff. It's great to be with you this evening. Got a lot to talk about with the professor, Joel Embiid. I told y'all, I told y'all, one of the three is always hurt. That's what concerns me. We'll get into the Phillies. Obviously, my boy Sherm's man, V to the second power is what, for your for your math majors out there, V to the second power. We'll get mm. into that. I still don't think the Phillies are going to do anything. I told you this would happen. I told you this would happen. But we'll talk to the professor, especially about the Embiid thing, because, again, I, I'm, I'm telling you again. <laughs> One of them's always hurt. One of them
0: is always hurt. That's like the Brooklyn Nets. Harley
1: played all year together.
0: Well, we'll see. There's a lot lot to discuss tonight. And with that, we have tonight from 94 WIP, Glenn Macnell. And if you guys don't know, he is the host on WIP. He's also on Saturdays and Sundays with Ray Dittinger from 11 to 1, if I remember correctly. Uh, if not, I'm pretty sure Glenn will uh, correct me here. But you guys can follow Glenn just like we do here at the real Glenn McNown on Twitter. Also, Glenn MacNow, and like I said from sorry, 10 to 1. So yes, I was wrong. From 10 to 1, I said the 11 to 1. So I short changed for an hour. So I apologize for that. But from 10 to 1, and I also want to talk to him Bob because this looks quite interesting here and I'm pretty sure Glenn may may touch upon it. So with that, all being said, we bring on the man of the hour and there he is, Mr. Glenn Macnow. Glenn, how are you this evening?
5: I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. And yes, I am drinking uh one of our beers. Hold on, I gotta figure I'm doing it reverse. There we go. Drinking one of the beers that's from Conchhog nice. and Brewing, which uh which I'm one of the owners. Very nice to be with you guys.
1: Thank you for coming on. We appreciate it.
0: It's great to have you on tonight. Uh, we appreciate it. So that's that's gonna be my first question. So that it as, uh we're gonna talk about many things here tonight, Glenn. But how did you get involved with conch and brewing?
5: um quite simply i have a friend uh who i for many years enjoyed going out and drinking beers and he was a real beer geek and i was kind of a beer geek and he always said someday we're going to own a brewery and i thought well that's not going to happen and then we would go out six months later, and he'd say someday we're going to own a brewery and one time we went out and he said we're going to start a brewery and he found somebody who Gave us a good amount of seed money. We went out and found a brewer. Uh, we found a location up in Conchy to start. And I didn't know if I was gonna make money or lose money, but I knew I would always have a seat at the bar waiting for me, and that seemed like a good <laughs> enough idea. Uh, we grew from that one place, and now we have five. We are nice. out in Cairns, as you can see. We're in uh, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Delaware, all the way down to the shore. There you go. Thank you for that beautiful picture. That's our oh, four core beers that we make year-round. That's the new one that we're doing with Ivan's Lemon Snaps, which is a lot of fun as summer shanty. and um, it's been a real fun thing for me. And I haven't lost all my retirement money, so that's a good thing.
0: <laughs> that's always a good thing because once you start losing, you know it, it's it's bad either way, that, and that's when you start getting out because you have to drink more than what you're investing. But <laughs> listen, congratulations to you. And there's one more thing I want to bring up too before I get into the one of the at least I will say as a fan because uh, again it, it's funny when you sit on the other side of the of the stage I shall say in, or on the mic listen to you guys on the radio it's one thing and watching you in person is another thing but when you get to to interview someone who you appreciate, that's been with the Eagles for so many years and, and just knows everything about the Eagles, you know, and, and you can say that you don't, Glenn, but we all know that, you know, when it comes to tons of knowledge, when it comes to the Eagles, um, but I do appreciate. So I, before I get into the one thing that I've been dying to actually talk to you about, I, I want to talk about this here on this picture. There's a, a, I believe a book sign that's coming up with you guys.
5: Yeah. I'm really excited about this because listen, there've been no live events for the last 15 months. Um, and now that, you know, we're pulling out of the pandemic and people are vaccinated. Um, Todd Zelecki wrote a book about Roy Halladay last year. Never had a book signing. Ray Dinger has a new book out about his uh, 50-year career as a great sports journalist in this town. A young guy named Jerome Weitzman wrote a book about the Sixers. And um, Todd came to me and said, would you host a book signing at one of your breweries? So Thursday evening from 530 to 7.00. At our uh, Puddler's and Kitchen, which is our place in Bridgeport, we are having a old-fashioned book signing. People can come and buy the book. Those guys will sign it. If you already have the book, they're happy to sign it for you. Uh, you can buy a beer. You can have dinner. You can do whatever you want. But its I'm really looking forward to the opportunity of getting people back together and having an event. So I'm very excited about that.
0: My um, nice. That sounds really good. And I'm hoping everybody goes out there. And I'll look it up before wow, we sign off from the show tonight. So you're going to share it again with everyone, but that's Thank very you. much appreciated. Now I will say, and let me make sure I bring up my right screen here. So many years ago, which seems like many years ago, but it's not. So we're down to Fillmore and you guys were there for the pregame before the Super Bowl. Oh, now, yeah. What a day. I was there. And, and I, I will say, because you guys were already on stage myself, Jimmy Seltzer, John Barcher, we all, you know, we walked in together. Um, we're all kind of laughing and joking around before everything starts. And I remember doing a quick wave over to you and you were still on air. I believe you're still on air with Ray. And it was kind of one of those things like you're because the stage was so much higher. It, you could probably only see like yeah. a finger coming up and it was a quick wave. Like, yes, I see you, but you know, I'm on the radio. It, it, just me saying it sarcastically, which is not what you were thinking or saying just me saying it, but it was fun to to see you in person and getting just like that emotional vibe, not as as far as like from you but the pregame show leading up to the game itself, and it, there was one particular speech that I will say that I'm very happy and fortunate that I was able to listen to because, Glenn, I will say, and I've been waiting all these years to say it to you, and I haven't been able to call into the radio program only because it's kind of hard to play something while you're talking to someone on the radio. But I believe yeah. this speech is the reason why the Eagles did what they did. No, hold on. Hang on, because I might not okay. have had the audio on. So let me yeah, start I that get over the again. the
5: but I, I think I know what you're talking about.
0: Yep. So unfortunately, I just thought about it as Debbie, the producer, popped into the room. And see, and there's these are things, the small things that happens. All right, here we go again. I've been there.
5: <laughs> I think, I believe. Um, okay, I'll wait. and they have great characters and tension and confrontation and heroes and villains and overcoming adversity. And this team this year was all about overcoming adversity. This has been such a great story since September. Um, and at one point during the season, we can all talk about it, this team showed you they can do it. And I think this story has to end with the Eagles for the first time bringing home the already trophy. And I think they win it. Great great night and enjoy and bask in this one for a long time to come. Eagles will win the Super Bowl tonight. Well, I mean, I'll say this. You see the energy in that room. I really did believe they were going to win that day. I did, but even if I didn't. There was no way I was going to go against that crowd and pick the other way Um, that that you take that room at the Fillmore uh, where you were and I was. And there were hundreds of people. And you multiply that times the thousands of people around the Delaware Valley who watched that day and, you know, watch with their family and their dads and their friends and their cousins. And um, it was the greatest sports day in the history of the city that I know of since I've lived here. And um, I'll never forget it. I was privileged just to just to be able to host that pregame with those guys. I, it was a special day. Uh,
0: it was, listen, and, and, and I know for, I could say, and, and I've, I've shared this with other people, and I think, and, and Glenn, I'd like to know your reaction as well. If you had the opportunity, let's say the Eagles decided to say, you know what, Glenn, we're going to have you out there as part of <clears throat> Radio Row, which I'm pretty sure you were prior to the Super Bowl. But if they said to you, OK, Glenn, here's here's your your the opportunity, either a you can be with Merrill and, and Mike in the booth and wait for the reaction or you stay at home with the rest of us to enjoy it as a hometown crowd. Because there's nothing better to me personally. Yeah, it would have been fun to be up in, in Minnesota to watch the victory itself. But I think it was just so much more better in Philly, being home for so many years that we've been waiting and waiting and waiting. And to have that euphoria finally, and not even to believe it. about three days later, like you literally had to wait for the parade to happen in order for us, to, I think, to truly believe what really happened that season. So if you had the choice, would you still have done it with everyone there at the Philmore, or would you have rather been to Minnesota?
5: Well, here's what I can tell you is I went to the Super Bowl in Jacksonville when the Eagles played the Patriots in 04. And um, it was it was fun being down there with the Philadelphia fans who went beforehand. But during the Super Bowl, I I sat in the stadium and I know how great that sounds, Uh, maybe just because the Eagles lost the game. But it it wasn't that special. This Super Bowl I watched. I did that pregame show, as you mentioned, which was great. And then I went home and I watched with my family and I saw the Eagles win a championship with my two sons. And they'll always remember that. And I'll always remember seeing that with them as opposed to sitting in a stadium surrounded by people I don't know. So to me, having the opportunity to watch it with the people I loved and the people who share my passion for the Eagles, that's what made it great.
1: Glenn, I want to shift gears a little bit. What is it like working with Mr. Ray Dittinger, the godfather?
5: Yeah, people think Ray's a good guy. Ray's a real SOB. He's a- <laughs> um, it's a privilege. Listen, Ray's, Ray is exactly who you think he is. He's the nicest, most honest, straight shooter in the world. He drives me crazy sometimes because uh, there'll be a time where Ray and I have to meet somewhere and I, I figure like, oh, there's bad traffic. Let me call him on his cell phone and tell him, no, you can't do that. He doesn't have a cell phone. There's a time when you say, "Hey Ray, I want to send you an email." He looks at his email like once a week. Um, Ray is Ray isn't just old school. Ray built the old school, but he's a gentleman. Um, he's a great friend. He's the smartest person I know, and um, I need him to tell me the day he plans to retire because once that happens, <laughs> I'm out because I don't want to do the show with anybody else.
1: Understandable. Wow. As far as that, I know you wrote multiple books over the years. Which one would you say is your most favorite if you had to choose?
5: Uh, yeah, probably the one I wrote with Ray. Hold on a second. It's not too far from here. Let me find it. <laughs> here we go. I carry it with me everywhere. Um, Ray and I wrote a book. This was a, what a fun project this was. Ray and I wrote a book. Uh, called the, the Ultimate Book of Sports Movies, where we watched 300 sports movies, chose the 100 best, ordered them from one to 100, um, interviewed a lot of movie stars, athletes, so on, about their favorite sports movies, spent a full year doing it, and I'm really proud of that book. Um, and it was, I mean, you know, I get paid to sit around and watch movies and write about it. How You can't beat that, right?
3: Not um, at all. Yeah, you can't beat that. Um, Glenn, what is your writing process? You've, wrote, you've written five adult books and you've written 15 children's books. What, right. What's the difference between writing an adult book and a children's book? And what is the, what is the process like writing a book like that?
5: Um, well, the process of writing a children's book, the, the children's books I wrote mostly because when I had kids of my own, I wanted them to read something that maybe I would write. And I wrote when I was a kid, I used to read, you know, sports hero Mickey Mantle or sports hero Joe Namath or whatever. And so I figured if I write these books, they may write it. So the books I wrote were sports biographies and I got to do one on Charles Barkley and I got to do one on Allen Iverson. Don't tell anybody. I did one on Troy Aikman. Not that proud of that, but whatever. Uh Um, And I did about a dozen of those. And they were really fun because you'd you'd interview the athlete and you'd kind of, the fun part was, um, because you're writing for kids, you want to write about their childhood. So talking to Charles Barkley about growing up in Leeds, Alabama, and being cut from his junior high school team, because the coach told him he couldn't jump. And then he went home and spent the next three months trying to jump up the steps of his house. Um, Things like that were really fun, and that—that was—that's the fun part of writing the kids' books.
2: Huh.
3: That's really, that's really, really cool. cool. Uh, I wanted to talk. I guess shifting a little bit current times here. You—you talked about interviewing athletes, and you've interviewed plenty of athletes. What, what was your reaction to Naomi Osaka withdrawing from the French Open?
5: Yeah, you know, initially I changed my opinion on this because initially. I was of the mind that it is one of the requirements uh, when you're in that sport is you have to talk to reporters after the matches and everybody does and and deal with it, but it really runs deeper than that. And she is obviously somebody who um, has a condition where she uh, is really intimidated by doing that, really uncomfortable doing that. And I think you have to make the proper exception when somebody like her just so strongly can't do it, not because she disrespects the press, but because it's really hard for her. And I'm of the mind that they should accommodate her and figure out a way to make it easier for her. Maybe the way is um, at a certain point, she sits down with one pool reporter who then reports it for everybody else, you know, shares the information. Maybe she can just record an interview um, into a, into a, you know, a tape uh, after a match and not have to see the reporters, whatever, but they, somebody shouldn't have to withdraw from a tournament because she um, is unable to deal with it. It, it, they, they should work. They should make it
2: work for her. Glenn, like Glenn, moving back to football. So the Buffalo bills have become relevant once again in the national football league. And I know that you are from Buffalo and you've put on Twitter that your dad is a lifelong Buffalo Bills fan. Can oh, yeah. you take him can you take a moment to just compare and address, compare and contrast the Buffalo Bills fan base, a team that lost four Super Bowls as compared to the Philadelphia fan base?
5: Yeah. It's yeah, because I've lived in both cities and I've lived other places too. I lived in I went to college in Boston and I worked in Detroit. Buffalo and Detroit are one one part of one family philly boston or part of another the east coast and the east coast is philly boston new york and fans in philly boston new york are more demanding which is good uh more judgmental which is good for me being you know doing my job on the radio i mean that's great um and not as easily satisfied um in buffalo detroit cleveland They're just happy if their team gives them a good effort. In Philly, we really demand more. Um, I don't know what's better because I've lived in both places and I love both fan bases, but I can tell you that um, it's much harder to play in Philly
4: than it is in Buffalo if you're a player. Piggyback off that, Glenn. So I'm just going to hit you with it since I'm the oldest one on the dais. But you're, you're a little bit older than me, so I'm just going to hit you with some old-time stuff. Rich Stadium or the old veteran stadium, which venue would you go rather watch a football game at?
5: Oh, Rich Stadium's a great stadium. I, I never liked the vet for football. I like I the fans in the vet. I like the um, anger. Not the anger. I love the um, excitement of the fans in the vet. But when they built the vet – for baseball and football in the seventies. And that was the idea in St. Louis in Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Philadelphia. They thought it was a good idea to build these round stadiums and they weren't good for baseball or football. It's like trying to build the same stadium for, you know, billiards and motocross or whatever. It just, it didn't, it didn't work for either. And if you were at an Eagles game and had 50 yard seats, you'd think that's great, except you're sitting back in another zip code. Um, Rich Stadium is actually a very cool place. It's more like a college stadium. It's actually, they dug it into the ground. So you, you go in and you go down. Um, the bowl is much tighter than it was at the vet. Um, it's a little too big for Buffalo. 80,000 people is too big of a stadium. Listen, I like Lincoln Financial Field better than any of them. But I, I appreciate people who love the vet for their memories there. Truth be told, I'm one of those who always thought that that was a dump.
4: Just to follow up on – well, the follow-up question is this. With all the crap that's going on with the fans now, and it's, it's plastered all over sports media, um, Philadelphia fans from the inception, is the stigma justified on the Philadelphia fan?
5: No, no, no. That trope. It's ridiculous. Um, I mean, you just go and see what's happened in the last week in the NBA at games in New York and Washington and Boston. And, you know, we had the guy in Philadelphia. But we're the only ones that people bring up snowballs at Santa, which, by the way, I'm trying to figure out how old old you are. It was probably your grandfather who was at the stadium. That was 53 (laughs) years ago, for God's sakes. And we still can't outlive it um philadelphia fans are great and passionate and loyal and excitable and if the rest of the world hates us i go with jason kelsey nobody likes us and we don't care
0: (laughs) why did you say that glenn because we actually we had sean salisbury on about two weeks ago and we played him the chance of just that about no one likes us And, and he found it so interesting at the very end of the show he decided to sing along with us so it is the best chant I will say ever. Yeah, in sports. great. Yeah.
5: yeah, it was great. It was the best. Hey, it was the best championship speech anybody ever gave. Was Jason Kelsey's speech?
0: Yeah, you'll you'll never be able to like his brother. They kept saying like, "Oh my God, wait, wait until Casey wins it." And he went in like, "Oh, his brother's going to be better than Jason Kelsey." Not even yeah. anywhere. Close. Not even close. No,
5: no not Nothing even close. Even close. And, and the mummer's outfit uh, trumps everything.
0: Topped
1: it
5: off.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> But I want to bring up a couple of the, uh, comments here. That, the, the guys are sitting here. Joe Sharp, a good friend of the show. He's, he says, uh, I saw Glenn and Ray at Delaware Parks and Casino. Will they be returning as things open up?
5: Um, I don't know. Um, you know, a lot of decisions have to be made at the station. Um, a lot, the, the station is now just kind of opening up and more people are coming into work there. Um, all I can tell you is it's not going to happen right away um i i just don't know when we're g- going to get back to remotes i can't answer that
0: it's kind of tough i know xfinity live just started not too long ago with uh, with another group of guys but and i know it, it's still everything still a process so even the local stations down here in tampa it's the same exact way they're trying to get out there to be with the fans but same thing they're just waiting to get the okay clear for, for them to do so um, yeah, the one
5: thing I am very confident of, um, because I host the pregame show for the Eagles, which you mentioned before, and it really is a privilege for me to be able to do that. I am very confident that we will be back in front of the stadium, uh, me and Ike and all the other guys, Ross Tucker, um, in front of all of those great Eagle fans every Sunday. And that's, that's the thing I'm, I missed so much last week. Doing the pregame show from the studio without any fans was a big loss.
0: I can imagine. Now, Bill says that Glenn Mcnow pleasure to be on the show with you. Um, Tom follows it up with, My pleasure. I love when you do your segments on what you're watching, tell us your story. Tune in every Saturday. Thanks. <laughs>
5: well, I, I appreciate that. So what we're watching is the thing that Ray and I um, do every week about whatever TV show or movie we're watching. And the funny thing is when people, when I'm running to people in public, I mean, sometimes they'll ask me, you know, you said this about the Eagles or this thing you said about the Sixers. More often than that, they'll tell me like, hey, you recommended this TV show, and I'm watching it, and I love it. And I take great pride in that. Um, The Tell Us Your Story is a thing we do every Saturday where we sit down with a sports legend for 45 minutes, which is really rare on radio, and get his life story. And um, I love doing that, and I think Ray and I will be doing that for a long time.
0: I hope so. There, there's certain people you put on a Mount Rushmore of as far as sportscasters, broadcasters, you guys are one of the few. And, and you know, I can say it, I guess, as a homer being from Philadelphia, uh, but there's only certain certain broadcasters. And, and uh, you know, and it's going away from Philadelphia as well. I mean, you got Chicago's got a couple of good guys uh, out there. There's a couple down here in Tampa. So there's very few guys that can be put on a Rushmore of broadcasters. You and Ray are definitely one of them. For sure, just well, like I mean, you Merle. Oh, you're welcome. Believe me, you know, Harry Kellis, God bless him. And we lost him many years ago, but there, you, you're, I would say between you, Ray, Harry, I mean, you guys you are talking about top five all time as far as broadcast.
5: And that's very nice of you to say, I'll say one thing, because again, I moved to Philadelphia in 1987 and I'd been around a lot of places before that. I do think Philadelphia fans know if they don't, they should. Just how great the, broadcasters are, i'm not talking about talk radio wfp but the guys who do the games in this town harry and whitey were unbelievable fransky and la followed yeah. up and they're incredible and, and kevin franson is good the guys who do basketball hockey merrill reese has been doing it for 40 plus years and he's right. still amazing this city has great great broadcasters covering those teams
0: yeah, well, listen, we appreciate it. As fans, we definitely appreciate it because nothing worse. You know, it's, it, it's when you're on the radio, it's different when you're in your car, obviously you can be distracted behind your phone or all the good fun stuff. So when you're listening, whether it's, you know, on iHeartRadio, Audacity, wherever you can be able to, to, to tune into your shows. When you hear play by plays, you're just hearing a pregame show. Like you want to be envisioned so much in that conversation that yes, you are focused upon the road, but you're also like, it should take you somewhere else. Like if you're sitting right in front of you and Ray and everyone else where we can see it, like, Oh, I, I can imagine being there live without being there. And, and you guys, you, the, the, color commentaries, what you guys end up doing the play by play announcements. I mean, it, it's second to none. That, that's, that's all. I say no, about thanks. That. Thank you. Yeah, no Thank problem. You Bill says, uh, Hey Glenn, all these years you've been in Philly, uh, Is there three mind-blowing things that happened here uh, you just wanted to explode on radio about and then had to be professional about, Mm. but now could speak your mind?
5: Um, No, because anything that occurred, even if I couldn't say it at the time, I've certainly said it after. Um, The only things that really would drive me nuts in this town were managers and coaches who I felt didn't respect the fans um, the way they should. Jim Fergosi was one of those, if you want to go way back. Uh, I felt Ryan Sandberg was another one of those um, because I'll always stick up for the Philadelphia fans. But there aren't a lot of secret stories that I didn't tell on radio because the thing about radio is you have to tell it. You have to. You, you can't hide it and save it. You have to let it out. So there's there's no none of those great hidden stories. Hidden times, I wanted to blow up, but didn't. Usually, I blew up. Fortunately, I never blew up enough to get fired.
0: Well, that's, that's a good thing, is we miss you on radio. So let's hope that you never blow up to that point where that happens. In case everyone's yeah. tuning in right now, we have Glenn Macnow from 94WIP Sports Radio. And again, with Ray Dinger. they do a show on Saturday and Sunday from 10 to 1, as I screwed up in the very beginning. But 10 to 1, Saturday and Sunday. And we do appreciate also that this next half hour brought to you by Gooses, Monte Cristo... Lounge and tobacconist, if you guys are looking for that fine cigar, make sure you visit them on Facebook and also at CigarGoose.com so you guys can get your favorite cigar. And there's two more comments I want to bring up before I turn back over to Fuji. Uh, one was from Bill again. He says, would you rather have old rules or newer rules in all sports?
5: Um, well, you got to tell me what the rules are. I- I'll tell you the one thing. I miss baseball the way it was. I think baseball these days is terrible. I don't know about the rules as much as the analytics have created a game, which is far too much swung toward the pitchers. There's not enough offense. There's not enough fielding. There's not enough steals hit and run the whole thing. So I guess I'll take the old school when it comes to that.
0: Okay. Uh, rich bridge says great show guys. And Glenn, you are the man rich. Another Thank great, you. great fan of the show here. Uh, Bill follows it up with uh we were privileged to have great, awesome play-by-play guys in this city, and we all had Hall of Famers. Yeah, so. there's no
5: question about it. I mean, you start with Gene Hart and Harry Callis and Marilyn. It's it's a great legacy of play-by of, of team broadcasts, play-by-play and color guys for those teams.
0: Yeah,
1: Glenn. Recently, I saw a video that you done with Bernie Perrant when you were at the uh, Sabers, Flyers, Stanley Cup, and. You said, you know, Bernie Perrant beat the Sabres and years later you became best friend, one of your best friends. Can you talk more a little about that?
5: Yeah. So I grew up in Buffalo, New York. I was uh, 15 years old when the Sabres entered the NHL as an expansion team just a few years after the Flyers. I was a huge hockey fan Uh, when I was in high school and in college. um, I bought. With my friends, we shared season tickets. It was four bucks a game back then, five bucks for the playoffs. Wow. And I went to those games against Flyers, Sabres, 1975 Stanley Cup Finals. I was 18 years old and um, Sabres had the French connection. Yeah, there's there's the picture. And I thought the Sabres would beat him. And of course, Bernie Perrant was great. He was incredible. And he shut down the Sabres. The Flyers won the Stanley Cup as, you know, as a 19-year-old kid. I hated Bernie prant hated, 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 hated the <laughs> Flyers. I ended up moving to Philadelphia um, through work and through life. I meet a bunch of those guys. They're really nice guys. Dave Schultz, Bob Kelly, Joe Watson, great group of guys. But I end up becoming friends with Bernie because Bernie's just such a, just, just one of the, the loveliest, genuine guys you'd ever meet in the world. Uh, We became friends. We've gone out with our wives to dinner. And um, that picture you saw is uh, at Bernie's wife's uh, mother's house when he got to have the cup for a day and invited me over to share it with him. And it's just funny how life takes you that when you're a kid and you're a fan and you love and hate somebody, you just do it because of what you think. And then you meet somebody who's a whole different guy. So Bernie is a great friend and a great guy. But once a year... Bernie will call me on a morning, and it's always in late May. I know what it's about, and I pick up the phone, and he's laughing, and he always likes to remind me on that day. I forget it's June, uh, May 20th, maybe I forget the exact date. He knows it, and he will always remind me that on that day, he and I were in Memorial Auditorium in Buffalo. He was skating with the Stanley Cup. I was walking out cursing him from the cheap seats.
1: <laughs> can you touch on a little bit about when you worked on the great sports debate with all the guys yeah. on there?
5: Yeah. yeah. So um, this is when I was still with the Enquirer before I went to WIP, uh, although it continued after I went there and I'm watching prism. And for those of you who remember before there was Comcast sports there was prism and prism had all the teams and prism also showed movies. Prism showed a lot of soft core porn movies. So you get your games and then you get <laughs> porn. It, it, it was like one-stop shopping. It was great. So um, there was a show one night I saw which was four guys, four old sports writers out of Chicago sitting around a table talking about sports. And I thought, we could do that. So I went to Al Morganti and Angelo and uh, Jason Stark. And I said, listen, they got this show out of Chicago. We could do this as well as them. Let's go try to sell Prism on the idea. And amazingly, Prism thought it was a good idea and they put us on the air. We had no idea what we were doing. None of us had ever done TV before. We made Angelo the host because he was the only one at the time who was doing radio. He was already on WIP. And it was one of those shows I think was so bad that it was good because people knew we weren't slick. Uh, like We weren't like guys you would see on TV. We were just four guys you would see sitting around a bar having right. a beer talking sports. And we got a six-year run out of it, which in TV is pretty good. And then they brought us back, I don't know, 15 years later for another two years. Yeah, there's the old Prism logo. God Prism was the greatest. And um, I was amazed at how many people used to watch that show because I knew how bad we were. But I think people just identified it as like guys down the street sitting in a bar. So it was really fun.
1: I thought it was a great show watching. I know us as- Howard Uskin would pop on sometimes and start yeah. off the pot.
5: Yeah, we'd always beat him up a little bit. Yeah.
3: <laughs> right. Wow. Wow. That just just looking at that that prism logo. I'm 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 nineteen, so I I don't have a lot of the, the older sports knowledge. Just looking at that, I'm like, wow, like that.
5: Oh, yeah. That really was Prism, life before I was Prism born. Prism was great. Prism was – it was just – it was, you know, early cable, and it was it was great. It wasn't as – it wasn't as polished as – well, Comcast Sports and NBC Sports Philadelphia now. Prism wasn't as polished as that, but it was it was really fun. And part of the reason it was fun is Philadelphia teams were generally pretty good back then, so that helped.
4: Back, <laughs> yeah, when, we exactly. rotary, back when we had rotary phones, Nick. Go look up a rotary phone. <laughs> Google that one, rotary phone. Exactly. Yeah, all right,
3: all
0: right, all right, all right.
4: I, I get it, I get it. I get
3: it, I
0: get it. I remember that the, the box, of course, the old Gerald box, and it had the, the line that went to the TV, and you would just click down on a button to switch around. So prison was, you know, it was it was the start of, I guess, you know, after or after, before cable, but prison was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I know that I, I did see one more. Here. Oh, sorry. Bill said... Uh, Glenn, you're a hockey guy, so you're GM of yeah. Flyers. What would you do going into next year?
5: Yeah, boy, um, that's a really tough one because, boy, they were so bad uh, this past year, and um, I expected them to be much better. And I think that, you know, I, I thought Fletcher would do a lot, make a lot more moves. I, I hate to say it, but I, I think at this point you have to break up the core of this team and start all over um i know it i can say move claude Giroux, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen he's got a no trade clause so you got to figure out a way to do it i think you have to hope that jake voracek gets picked up in the expansion draft which probably is going to happen because of his contract and i hate it because i don't want the fly the flyers went through a rebuilding for so so long but Mm -hmm. i don't i don't see it coming around easily um i would tear it up short of that Clearly, the thing they need to do if they're not going to tear it up is get a top pairing defenseman, a top two defenseman through whatever it takes, through free agency or through trade, whatever. But they're they're They have um, Ivan Provorov was okay last year, but he's not the star I thought he would be. You need a top line, a top pairing defenseman.
0: Well, we hope to see the, the Flyers as far as I mean, it, you you watch them prior to the pandemic and they were on fire. They come back after that long break. To what, no one even knew if any sports were going to come back at the time. Flyers come back. Going of my to the Flyers bubble,
5: had to talk about it.
0: There you go. There you go. <laughs> so the Flyers end up, you know, they, they come back from the from the bubble and, and it looked like they were again. They were on fire. They picked up right when they left off. And then we saw the process of elimination come last year. This year, I'm thinking okay, we're going to start right where we left off last season. And it looked promising, and then it falls apart yet again. It's almost like the guy that Gabe was here and now is having success over there with the Giants. But we all know that Gabe may end up falling apart anyways is the way things go. So the Flyers, I mean, Carter Hart seems, seems to be the goalie of the future. But this year seemed to, to struggle a lot more, Glenn, than we saw in a previous season was there something different about Carter Hart this season compared to last year? Was it the preparation or was he just not as much as involved as he was the year before?
5: No. Well, it was the confidence and he lost his confidence and then, and then he was shot. Um, You know, the, the story that came out during the years that he had stopped seeing the psychologist who he'd been seeing since his childhood, who really um, was the guy who helped him gain that confidence. And, you know, I, I'm not in his head and I'm not, a, nobody was around this year. So it's really hard to answer what happened specifically because nobody got to cover him. Nobody got to see him. I, you know, I, I, I was not in the flyers locker room once all year. Nobody was. And zooms don't really tell you much. Um I think his skills are there still. I think he has the ability to be a top goalie, but he's got to get that confidence back. I, I can't, I can't answer the question because I'm, you know, I don't know
4: what's in his head. Right. All right, Glenn. I'm gonna hit you with a Sixers question here because before these guys start pepping you with Phillies and Eagles, and <laughs> I'm not the Philly guy. Those guys are the Philly guys. I'm the national yeah. correspondent. I have different teams. You're I've on. said this. I, I I've said this for the last two three years. I would rather have them have Ben Simmons and Embiid down on the box, get yourself a true point guard. Because let's face it, Ben Simmons, he could throw darts at a dartboard and he'd hit the wall, all right? I think that's what's holding them back. And now, and I told this to the guys a couple weeks ago, my concern with the Sixers is one of the three always has a propensity to get hurt, and then what do you do? Now, if would have been Ben Simmons getting hurt, then maybe, yeah, okay, everything goes through Embiid. He's the MVP candidate, but now you got to try and rely on Ben Simmons to carry the team. Doc Doc Rivers said it. He's not a forty point guy. He's sort of that. He's sort of like LeBron James without a jump shot. You know. So I, I want to get your take on it. How you feel? Because there's a lot of Sixers fans out there right now that are like, "Yeah, we're up three games to one, but oh my God, if M yeah. can't go the next two games, what the hell is going to happen?"
5: First of all, I don't think he's close to LeBron James without a jump shot. He's LeBron James without a lot of things. LeBron James is one of the five or ten best players in the history of the game. Ben Simmons is not one of the five or ten best players in the NBA today. So I don't think Ben Simmons is that. Uh, and I know what you're trying to say. Um, I, I don't know what the report is yet on NBA. The last thing I saw a couple hours ago is that they were optimistic that it wasn't particularly bad. We'll have to see. There's not a full report. Optimism is good. Um, if they, if Embiid is out, they'll still be Washington. I mean, that they, they should have won the last game. Um, but they, they won't go further than that. They're not going to win the next round without Embiid. Clearly. Um, I think they will, if Embiid's back, I think they have the opportunity to go very far this year. I think they could go to the finals. But sooner or later, Ben Simmons is going to be called upon to do things he doesn't want to do. He's going to have to take some shots, even if he doesn't make them, because he's going to have to keep the other team's defense honest. We saw last year and the year before when they're playing and the other team decides, hey, let's not cover this guy because we can give him an open 18-footer. He's not going to shoot it, and it hurts the rest of your offense. Um, Is Ben Simmons going to do that this year? Not yet. Haven't seen it. They can they can win early rounds, but they can't win if he doesn't change. And doesn't appear he's ready to change, does it?
3: Not not just yet. But um, you you seem fairly optimistic that the Sixers are gonna are gonna beat the Wizards. I I wanted to actually defend the Wizards here for a second. Is mm. do you think I think the Beal Westbrook combo is better than the Simmons Harris combo? And then you got – it's the role players I think that eventually is going to make the difference. But I guess let, – let me ask you this is um, – wait, let me – what was my question? Well, let me ask oh, I, you – I have a question. Okay, that, all right. That's the Nets fan, by the way. That's on, the Nets you're, fan. You're wizards, I heard Nets.
5: Even, even if the Wizards are, you know, currently Westbrook and Beale, yeah, Westbrook and Beale are better than any combo. The Sixers put a guard. But the Sixers are up three to one. You think Washington's going to win the next three games?
3: Well, I think Westbrook thinks that, and I think Beal legitimately thinks that. Westbrook has to think that. (laughs) It's his job to think that.
5: Do you think that? Well, I think
3: think there's certain stars that are like, you know they don't think that, but they have to. But I think Westbrook legitimately thinks that he has to win.
5: Well, he, he may think that all he likes, but that doesn't mean he is going to win. Washington is not going to win the next three games. You don't need to sweat this. You can sweat the next round if you like. But you really don't need to sweat this one. Even with Adam mm. B, the Sixers will finish this out. Okay. Okay. Glad he's a Nets fan.
3: Oh well. Consider the source. Okay, that's
5: fine. That's good. Hey, Sixers Nets could be happening down the road. That would be a great series.
3: I I I'm hoping for that series. I'm uh I, I'm more worried about Milwaukee though. I th- I think they're they're way too good right now, and you know I think they're the scariest team of, of the three right now, but. That's another story for another day. Yeah.
0: I want to bring up a comment here, though, Ray, as far as when it came to uh, Doc Rivers. And, and you can start here, to somewhat, somewhat of the frustration because the Ben question keeps coming up over and over again. So this is kind of like a, a, quick click, a quick clip of what he had said to the reporter back last night. Well, again, with Ben,
4: we're going to keep him on the floor. Unless you guys want to bench him the whole game. If anybody wants us to do that, just let me know. Um, and then I'll know you don't know basketball.
0: So, and he also, he followed up with when a reporter kept saying about, you know, Ben Simmons, it almost like, if, if is Ben finally going to come alive? And Doc got to the point like, are, we're still going after this. We're still going after Ben. question. Like, he, he got upset for about a good 15 seconds. He went on a ramp, almost like AI when, you know, he talked about always the famous line about practice. We talk about practice. So <laughs> Doc is getting to the point, I think, of just getting frustrated with the constant Ben Simmons questions. Just like we kept hearing about, you know, Carson Wentz until Carson finally went to Indy. So, how much frustration does it have to be for a head coach like Doc Rivers when you want to talk about the fundamentals of what's going to happen? Come, you know, your adjustments for your next game, and people keep harping upon what Ben Simmons is not doing as far as in a fan's eyes.
5: Well, by the way, that reporter that he got into it was D. Lineham, and D. Lineham is the daughter of uh, former Sixers coach Jimmy Lineham, and D. Lineham knows her basketball. Um, Right. And I think Doc insulted her a little bit. And I think Doc insulted the fans of this town saying, you guys don't know what you have in Ben Simmons. We know what we have. And we know Ben Simmons' strengths. And we know Ben Simmons' weaknesses. Um, I think Doc's tired of talking about it because he doesn't really have an answer. When Ben Simmons can't hit a a free throw, it's a problem. But Doc, Doc doesn't know what to say. Doc doesn't want to rip his guy. He wants to build Ben Simmons' confidence. So he doesn't want to talk about it. Um, but the questions are legit, and Doc Rivers, who I would like, would be well served by not insulting the intelligence of Philadelphia basketball fans. So I, I think Doc was all in the wrong, to be honest with you.
0: Right? He just again, it, he's coming from, and I understand you're you're upset. I know he's trying to do something that, un, unfortunately, our former coach couldn't get over that 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 next hump, almost like Andy Reid did. You know, couldn't get it together here in Philly, but finally was able to do in KC. I get your head coach. I know it gets frustrating. Don't get me wrong, but you're you're right as far as like, you know, one, I didn't know I was dealing with him because you can't hear every single report. A lot of times yeah. we talk about sorry reporters, yeah. and, and we know how how well D does know her sports. Um, but as far as for Doc, I know he did it somewhat when he was with the Clippers. Now he's doing the same thing here when it comes to, to Philly. Ben. What well, we love to see Ben finally mature. I don't know if we're ever going to see it or not. I know with Ben and Bede finally this season, it seemed like there was probably the best chemistry that we've seen since they've both been on the court together. Um, but I don't – I mean, I, I, I'm hoping for a win coming tomorrow, night. I am pretty sure that the Sixers should be able to do it. Um, but Doc Favors, I mean, he, he's got his hands full. No matter which way you look at it, he's got his hands full as far as making the adjustments. So we'll see. I mean, the Wizards – the Wizards are doing well. I don't see them, you know, coming back three games straight to, to win it all. I don't see that for a fact. Um, but I don't, I don't think – I'm pretty sure Doc has a good game plan to win it tomorrow night. Because you also look at Montreal. Montreal comes back, but down three games to one as we flip over to hockey here. And they, they win it four games to three. They win, and they win their series and move on against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, you know, there's a lot of times when, when teams are down – I mean, look at the Flyers. What was it, just shy of, what, nine, eight years ago with the Bruins series? You're down – Three games to one, Flyers go back to win it.
5: I know. And it's happened three times, I believe, in the history of the NHL. Uh, And it happened uh, in baseball, Red Sox against the Yankees, the Bloody Sox series. It has never happened in the NBA. And the reason in the NBA is because the better teams are so much better than the bad teams. It's not going to happen here. It's not going to happen. (laughs) That's true. Fuji.
1: And switching gears again. Uh what's your take of the uh Philadelphia Eagles offseason thus far, plus the draft?
5: Yeah, um, well, I really like the first round pick. Um, I'm okay with the the kid they took in the second round, the big center from Alabama. I know I know he's got a history of injury, but boy, if he's good, he has the opportunity to be a, a really good player. Um I, I listen, the thing with the Eagles this offseason is I have no idea if Nick Sirianni is a good coach and he didn't make a great first impression. I think people have warmed up to him. Um, but I'll say this when Andy Reid came in, I was among those who thought, why am I thinking this guy's going to be a good coach? He's never done it. Andy Reid was a terrific coach. Um, when Doug Peterson got hired, I thought, man, I didn't like him as a quarterback. I don't think I'm going to like him as a coach. Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl. So I've learned enough to keep my mouth shut. Uh, and not form too much on first impression with a coach. I think he works really hard, and he's got a good personality. We'll see if Nick Sirianni can do it, and I'm, I'm withholding judgment, I guess.
0: Yeah. We'll see. Uh, there's two more comments here before we end up wrapping up, but this is uh, Bill says, Glenn, we are seeing a trend in Philly with coaches in media. Giraldi started, then we had Doc. Is media seeing a new trend of post-conferences?
5: A little bit. And I think part of that is because we're not there. Again, it's all on Zoom and you miss the face-to-face. And guys can be a lot different when they're on Zoom. Uh, And I I don't like what Girardi did uh, last week and I don't like what Doc did last night. I hope it's not a trend, but I think we need to get reporters back in the buildings, back face-to-face.
0: Let's hope. Sherman?
2: Yeah, I haven't liked what Girardi has done ever since he got here. I think he's a little bit overrated. Uh, When he had the 2009 Yankees, when they won the World Series, he had a stacked lineup, and I think he's being completely exposed managing a team like the Phillies, who have some superstar caliber players, but then have some arms in the bullpen and some players that he has to trot out there night in and night out, who really aren't that good. Uh, If you could talk a little bit about Andrew McCutcheon. So here's somebody who was leading off for a while, and now he's finally been dropped to sixth in the lineup. He's a defensive liability in left field, a former MVP with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Can you just talk a little bit about him and how concerning it is that we have somebody like him in left field for the Phillies right now?
5: Well, so far this year, I don't, I don't want to look at anything last year for almost anybody because last year was such a short season uh, and the circumstances and conditions were so odd that you had guys who had great seasons who I don't believe in. You had guys who had bad seasons for one reason or another. So I'm taking away last year, but this year, you're right. Through the first third of the season, um, he's not hitting. His defense has been subpar. He looks like he's done. He does look like he's done. Um but sometimes guys can come back from that. Um, they have, you know, he's still under contract. They got to do it. He's not helping him. He's a minus uh, both in the field and at the plate. All I can say is I hope he finds that swing and that, and that second life, that third life, because right now it's a problem. I, I, you know, I don't know what else to tell you. Do I agree with you? He's playing poorly. Absolutely. Do I think he's cooked? Uh, I'll give him a little more time before I decide that. A guy who's that great of a player, I'll give him a little more time before I decide he's done.
2: That's fair enough because he does have seven home runs on the season. The last question that I'll ask, is there any possibility that the Phillies trade Reese Hoskins at the deadline? He seems to be one of the strong commodities that the Phillies have as a potential trade piece in an effort to get better.
5: No, I don't think so, um, because I think at the trade deadline, they're not going to be buyers. They're going to try to keep the young guys who can help them in the future uh, and get rid of the older guys, and he's one of the younger guys. He's he's not a guy that I would trade, no. I mean, maybe in the off season if you think you can get pitching for him, but um, I don't see any reason to move him at the trade deadline, no.
0: Well, we mentioned here at the beginning of the broadcast here, we're going back now, and we thank you for coming on with us tonight. As we stated, we want to make sure that we got that live event one more time, if you, if you don't mind, mention here that's coming up this Thursday.
5: Yeah, I, I'm really excited about it because it's a book signing with three great authors, Ray your uh, own Weissman, who wrote Tanking to the Top about the Sixers, and um, Todd Zelecki, who wrote the biography of Doc Holliday. If you, if you haven't read it, it's a tremendous read. And, of course, everybody knows Ray. It's 5.30 to 7.00. This Thursday at one of my breweries, one of my brew pubs, Conchhock and Brewing Company, um, Pudler's Kitchen and Tap, which is on DeKalb Street in Bridgeport, right over the bridge from Norristown. Lots of parking. Kids welcome. Come out, have a meal, have a beer, buy a book. It should be a great time for all.
0: We do appreciate Ray coming on tonight. I know you're always busy, and we do appreciate you coming on. I'm
5: not Ray. I'm Glenn
0: sorry glenn good lord you know why i just heard ray uh, in the background there (laughs) once again we're no screw-ups that's what happens that That, now i can just go ahead and give this to myself
4: that's the way it works
0: (laughs) but glenn thank you so much for coming on tonight we really do appreciate it for everyone else we hope to see everyone coming up and i see sorry two more comments before we end the show here uh tom says great interview glenn tonight we do appreciate – again, Glenn, Not raise, I just screwed up that one. And, Glenn, uh, take all four sports team, who you like to get us to the next title? Last question here before well, I, we sign I'll off.
5: I'll tell you, I mean, the, the easy answer right now would be the Sixers, right?
0: Sure would Absolutely. be. Absolutely.
5: Okay. All right. Or or or, or I, can I take Jay Wright and Villanova one more time?
0: You could. Sure. Okay. Listen, good point. There you go. Great
5: point. All right, guys. Nice to be with you. Thank you for all coming
1: you. We Thank appreciate it. You. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good evening
0: for right, so everyone else, Thursday night we will be on, again, a special time just like tonight. We were on at 8 instead of normally at 7. And then Thursday night we'll be on at 6.30. 6.30 with the middle show with Aton Shander, Harry Mays, and Barrett Brooks as I, for some reason, have race stuck in my head now and it's going to drive me nuts. But uh, thanks for everyone watching tonight. Michelle, it was good to good to see at least from you. I know it's been a while since last time you tuned in the show along with uh, Kathleen. Thank you so much. And everyone tuning in as well. I see one more comment that popped in. Bill says. Thanks, Debbie. Listen, I, I I was getting around to it there. Uh, Bill says, yes, thanks, Glenn. Awesome show. And uh, thanks them him for, for coming on. And again, it's, it's the bonus times that we do appreciate from these guys. We know they have a lot of stuff going on. Uh, so we do appreciate them coming on with us. This will be also available for download. You guys can go to BroadStreetSouth.com, BroadSTSouth.com for everything audio when it comes to the show. So if you're on the road or you're in the office or maybe just doing stuff around the house, go to BroadStreetSouth.com. you look on the top left corner where you'll see Spotify and you'll see Google Podcasts. So take a look up there. Download your favorite audio, whichever one you like, also available on iTunes so you'll be able to not miss a show even if you couldn't catch a live show. And if you couldn't catch a live show, you can always watch on replay on BroadStreetSouth.com Again, BroadSTSouth.com Again, thanks to Goose's Money Crystal Lounge, our special partners with them. We hope that Goose and everyone enjoyed their day off as well. We know they were closed yesterday, but they're back open for business. So thanks to Goose for coming on and everyone watching on Goose's page, along with Instagram uh, TV. So we hope that everyone's able to watch a good show tonight. For the entire gang, Deputy producer who told me that I couldn't have any audio on earlier because I forgot to click it on. So another boo on me tonight, but that's okay. Things happen on a live show. So for Deputy producer, Nick Lisi. And, and Nick, well, I want everyone uh, to pay attention tonight because there might be a different introduction come Thursday. So everyone pay attention to the opening ones. If you guys didn't see it, catch it on the replay. But again, you can catch the replay on Facebook, on Twitter, especially on BroadStreetSouth.com. We really do appreciate when you guys are in to watch the replay because – it just makes the show even better for Mike Sherman, the professor, the guru himself. Thank you. Oh, and wait a minute. I can't forget because it is a favorite part of the night. Michael, take it away.
2: Okay. I'm going to get to take it away and then check the chat box. Cause there's a lot of stuff going on there. Don't forget to talk to your dad and mom. Check out burksboutique.com. Thank you so much for the plug.
0: <laughs> Not a problem whatsoever. And, uh, <laughs> The, the other mention, we'll talk about that one afterwards that I see on there, that, that's a, a whole different thing. So I, I won't mention that one yet. Uh, Fuji, thank you so much for coming on with us, as always. Bito, thank and, you. It's our always Nick a and pleasure. Our, and our national correspondent, Ryan Neff we thank you. We saw all the Facebook activity this weekend, so we glad you guys had an enjoyable weekend as well.
4: Thank you, thank you, thank you. Shalom, <laughs> shalom, shalom, Mariska Hargitay, Mariska Hargitay.
0: Sure, now we got Gazun There you go.
4: Turn, <laughs> down. You know,
0: we will see everyone this Thursday live at six thirty again. Special showtime this Thursday with the middle show. Again, Aton Shander, Harry Mays, and Barry Brooks at six thirty. We'll see you then, everyone else. Have a great night.